If you are driving right now and you want to know more about that Budos band and that baritone sax, because I'm telling you, a lot of you are feeling funky. You're looking for a job and you're confused because there's too many jobs out there. The labor market is wonky. Everything is wonky right wonky, now. Wonky, that's a good word. So you need, you need some good music in your playlist. Hey, if you're new to the show, Automotive Lifestyle Show, get on to WrenchNation.tv, of course, my in-studio original Greg Ovis with G-E-E-Z-U-P.com. Greg, what's up? What's going on? Glad to be here again. Yes, and I'm just going to invite on the mic, we are honored by the way, we're doing a low, low, low rider show tribute today, and we got Mr. Luis Miranda in studio. What's up, Papa? Good to be here. Yeah, and we're going to talk about Miranda Customs. I can't wait. I can't wait either because the iconic right here from Central Phoenix. Luis did not fly out from L.A. right here in Arizona. All my California peeps, I get it. You got the low, low scene. But AZ is representing, and on today's show, we're going to dive into low rider history, and the culture, even mechanically. A lot of you have got the hoopty in the yard, and it's hey, hey, not ready, I can't finish, for whatever reason. A lot of you are interested, yeah. Greg. Show us some love no matter what and keep pushing. I'm saying if, even if it don't yeah. move, just wax yeah. it once a month. Wash it, keep it going. <laughs> You're missing control arms, it's okay, <laughs> just wax it. Like that's a, you got to make pretend sometimes, and, and that's kind of hey, like... I'm not going to lie, I used to wash my cars back in the day with no engine in it. Just go out and wash it, shine it up, show it some love. Uh, as a Phoenix native, Louis Miranda, owner of Miranda's Custom Cars, got to start working on cars by his dad way back when he was eight. That's how it starts. We're young. We don't know any better. Dad has to smack us around. Get under the hood of this hoopty. Get dirty. And that's why I tell you right now, get out of your phones, man. Yeah. And go get and outside. I, and, yeah, you know, we talk about this periodically. It's like, oh, Frank, you try, everybody, try to get everybody to read the mechanics. And <laughs> I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it's good. It's healthy for the spirit, the soul. Bust a knuckle. Yep. Bust a knuckle and get under hood. And so we're going to dive into some of those... Uh, the history of uh, lowrider culture. Greg, uh, before we get into the recalls and some of this news, what is shaking in your world, man? Well, what's going on right now is um, with all the auction season ending, uh, a lot of people are questioning what's the difference between a tribute vehicle and a real authentic vehicle. And what that means is like you might have a true SS Camaro or a true SS Chevelle, and people build tributes or replicas and there is a market for that, but you have to watch out if you're trying to buy one of these cars. Because if you're buying an authentic one, there's a lot of replicas out there that might you might get, you know. So there's some sizzle behind. Sizzle if, if, behind if, if you're previewing an auction list mm -hmm. and you see tribute vehicle, it could be beautifully done. Yep. And but it, and but it, it's not it's not the no, it, it's it, a tribute. It might have all the badging, it might have all the components, but they weren't factory added. So you got any examples? Well, you have a 60, 69 Chevelle SS, you know, 396 car. It's going to have badging. It's going to have a wheel package. It's going to have a console bucket seat package. And a lot of people might take that same car, which is called a Malibu, and they might put all the SS components on the car. And that's okay. I mean, it's not a true SS, but it, it has all the what, package. on what you're looking for, right. too. But what happens is some people are, 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 are uneducated on the car they want, and they think that's a real one. They think that's an authentic one. So there's some caution needed when you're buying these cars. And the first thing is to know what car you want and know what to expect, know what to look for as far as badging, paint spray, color codes, trim tags, VIN tags. VIN tags can be decoded to tell you what packages the car came with from the factory. The RPO codes. Mm -hmm, yeah. I, I know that that will dial it in deeper. A lot of people will go to the VIN, mm -hmm. but that RPO code reminds, reminds me again, uh, Dan Hogan. Yep. Hoagie Shines, K5 Blazer Authority. Yep. In fact, he's I saw some of his Facebook stuff. Yeah, he's doing great this he's week. He's putting out some really amazing yeah. builds. But when you know what you're looking for and it's raw, mm -hmm. like you know those numbers or what it's about so that if you are going to you're going to put buku money into the thing right it's it's now not only something you can enjoy in his case he's building he's reselling there's a market yeah. for that but that's what you're talking about yeah but one that uh, hoagie found recently it was a triple black k5 blazer black 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 which is a very rare one that build sheet came with it so 
you know, something to be said for spending the time, do your due diligence, make sure you're getting what you're buying, you know, as far as authenticity and also watch out for fakes. Some people build cars to deceive and yet there's a market for that. There is a market for that. How can you give me an idea? I mean, if you're not seasoned, like I come to you, I've got a couple bucks I want to spend and I show you two vehicles. Greg, come and help me buy these things. How would you write it like right out of the gate decipher? Frank, I hate to tell you, those are fake. And I may argue with you. No, no, I did my read, but I did my research. <laughs> How can you tell? The first thing is take get the VIN tag and then get the VIN number and decode it. Every number on the VIN ha- represents a package or an option. And there's there's information you can look up to find out which number it'll tell you the year year it was built, where it was built as far as in the US or out of the US. What packages should be? Is it a hard top? Is it convertible? Is it a four door? Um, as an example, some some builds have been uh, take a four door car and they convert it to a two door. So you're buying a two door vehicle aesthetically, but it might be titled as a four door. So first thing is go through the VIN and decode it. That would be the first thing right off the bat. And then check the trim tag. The trim tag will tell you the interior options, the exterior color, the interior color, possibly a wheel package. And those are things that you need to do right up front before you even think of spending some money. Because there's a lot of nefarious action out there. Like, like I can see some of these. I'm sure it has happened. It's a big deal. But oh, it's a big VIN deal. plate swapping. Oh, yeah. Have to be careful for that. Actually, serial numbers, I would imagine, if you, if you yep. get knee deep, you know, whether it's on the firewall or wherever they decide to put that. Yeah, there's a situation right now. There's, there wasn't any ill will or, or deliberate intentions, but... Jerry Seinfeld uh, sold a Porsche at Gooding Auction and the authenticity is being questioned. And he's actually gone back to the builder himself because it was presented to him as an authentic Porsche. So right now there's... He didn't hire Greg Ovis with G's up. That's the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he did hire a reputable builder restorer that presented the vehicle to him. But now the purchaser of that vehicle is questioning the authenticity of it. And it's, there's a little, there's some conflict going on with that. Yeah, uh, that story was uh, May 2019 off of Forbes. Seinfeld sues over 1.5 million yeah. fake Porsche. So, like, it, that domino's rolling downhill. Yes, uh, Jerry Seinfeld is finding nothing funny about having bought and later sold what could be an elaborately fake classic Porsche. See that? So, one, so he paid, whoa, he, he paid, paid big one, money. He paid 1.2 million for the car at the time. Several years later, March of 16. He sold a highly prized Porsche to a new owner outside uh, via the auction house Gooding and Company, mm-hmm. as, as you mentioned. Car found its new home for a cool 1.5. So Jerry's like, all right, I made 300. I drove it throughout Malibu, <laughs> pinkies, 500 pajamas, miles. <laughs> you know what I say about Malibu. But it can happen. It can happen. And there's a lawsuit. It is. So there's something to be said. You have to watch out for that. And the key thing is, when you're about to buy a vehicle, know all the ins and outs of the vehicle you want. And then you won't be duped. You'll know what to ask. You'll know what to look for. You look for markings, paint, paint over spray, all these type of things. So just educate yourself on the vehicle you're interested in or your dream car and uh, shop accordingly. Do you think a lot of these, uh, you know, these, the fakery is easily under the radar by shipping it, it to Europe? It like I would be. imagine Europeans are all for classic car Americana. It like, can be. You made it. You want to get into that. That's why I encourage everyone that's buying a vehicle overseas or even out of state, pay the two $300 for a third-party inspection if you're not going to physically go touch it and have them do the, do, the research on it and the due diligence for you. Um, I would not buy a vehicle like that uh, sight unseen. Um, touch it. Like you always say, you got to touch and feel it. So don't uh, rely on pictures or internet or emails to uh, spend your money on a high-dollar purchase. Yeah, that that could be a big that'd be a yeah. big problem. It'd be disappointing and disheartening at some point. Yeah, uh, G double E double Z U P dot com. If you're uh, looking and you want to be safe, protect your money so you can enjoy your hoopty and also get that year over year investment <laughs> increase. I mean, that, right? I mean, you. I've said that. Don't put your money in the stock market, people, because that's a big risk right now. Put your money in a hoopty; you get to enjoy it, and if it's real stamped. You get to yep. turn a couple bucks when you when you decide to sell it. And an authentic vehicle is going to have many stampings. It's going to have a stamping on a frame, on a block, on the back of the casting of the wheel. Some of the engine components um, on the frame is usually the most 
reliable one that people go to. So yeah, check the stampings, check the markings, know what the markings are supposed to be uh, and where they're supposed to be located at. Sometimes, you know, the markings aren't in the right spot. There's probably a reason for that. So again, due diligence, educate yourself before you buy. Yeah, Lucid, I want to switch gears, get into uh, some of this uh, high techery. Lucid, uh, which is in our backyard, Casa Grande, mm-hmm. I think they got a million square foot facility. Big deal, employing a lot of people. Uh, EVs, like all this electrical, we know there's going to be like kinks have to be worked out. F-150 Lightning, that's coming out. Lucid yeah. is recalling all of its 2022 oh. Air EVs due to wiring issues. I all mean, of them. All wow. of them. All of them. Um, you know, they're struggling already to meet production targets. It doesn't mean they're a bad line or you shouldn't go out and buy one. I think if you go to the fancy Scottsdale fashion, you got the Tesla showroom, you got yeah. the Lucid showroom, Yep. and then you can get your... Gucci bag buy on. I mean, <laughs> who'd have thought we'd be selling cars out of these fancy malls? Right? But that's where it's at. I remember the first time I saw a Tesla in the mall, I was like, whoa, wait a minute, a car here and here? Uh, the recall says on the 2022 Air Lucid models, uh, causes the car display to turn off. That's like knocking somebody out, putting them in a coma. <laughs> that electric vehicle, that, that main display, we covered it. Some fool was hitting it with a hammer. Right, we saw can that. I, can I make this Tesla stop running? Like, who's got the money time He's with a hammer? <laughs> By the way, you can catch that on the Wrench Nation YouTube channel. Because <laughs> uh, we highlighted He's, beating, he's it. beating that center console, that tablet, that big daddy tablet. Yep. That's the brain. Somewhat. Because in that video with Tesla, he banged on it, and the car somewhat kept going. But you're driving blind. You don't know what it's doing because you don't, that's your, you know. He got a lot of likes, I'm sure, for that clip. Yeah. I mean, so stay away from that. But, yeah, don't be fearful of jumping into the EV arena, but do expect that there'll be a transition year over year. There's going to be improvements, and they'll take care of you. You know, you just be without a vehicle or I don't know if they got any loners. What? So that's a good question. I was just going to think. I buy an EV. What kind of loaner will you give me? Do you have to put gas in the loaner car? You're going to give me a Toyota Corolla? <laughs> How's that work? I mean, Lucid's a young company. I know Tesla, they'll work it out. Mm-hmm. They've got a million, almost a million cars produced. But a little company, little little guy company like this, uh, what are you going to put me in? Yeah. little Toyota Corolla? I like the Corolla. Hope it has gas in it. Long live the Toyota Corolla. Right, they just keep going. And long live low rider culture. We are honored to have a special guest in studio, uh, Luis Miranda, Miranda Customs, right here, right here from Central Phoenix. In studio. In studio. We're going to talk about the history going way back deep. We're going to get under hood, talk about some of his projects that he's got cooking in the garage. In fact, I shook his hand. He's real deal. He's not the accountant working the books. This man just got off of whatever he was doing, some suspension work, some bag work. Who knows? And he doesn't even charge for an autograph. No autograph (laughs) charging. So if you're you're nearby live, come by the studio. And uh, we got Luis Luis Miranda, Miranda Customs. Stay tuned, Ranch Nation. One of these days. Back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Bolt-On Technologies, automotive software solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Whether you're looking for a full-service direct mail 
or you just simply want a few marketing materials printed for use in your store, MailShark has got you covered. With over 10 years of client service success with direct mail postcards, restaurant box toppers, magnets, and so much more, MailShark is there to help your marketing team acquire the clients you deserve. Pay weekly, pay as you go. There is no pressure, no contracts, direct mail. For more details, visit themailshark.com. As a small business owner, we have a ton of overhead. One of those is merchant fees. To process credit cards can be expensive. I save over 75% with Card Connect Paradise. Get on to charge-it-now.com charge-it-now.com or give Dan Arndt at Card Connect Paradise a call. His team is standing by to help you out. I save over 75% in credit card merchant fees every month. That's huge. 480-289-6304. Card Connect Paradise. Save on credit card fees. Merchant service fees don't have to be ungodly expensive. Give Dan a call. 480-289-6304. Card Connect Paradise. Support for Wrench Nation Car Talk, the smart choice for auto parts, Pronto National Association. Pronto is committed to the independent automotive aftermarket and demonstrates leadership within the automotive industry. Pronto Association is made up of nearly 100 member auto part distributors. Visit pronto-net.com. Automotive technical training, parts lineup, and representation of the automotive member community. Pronto-net.com. Right on. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Get on to wrenchnation.tv. I do have something. There's two things I want to remind you guys. A lot of my automotive technicians, mechanics, we have a great resource uh, for all your drivability, everything from Duramax issues to mobile reprogramming to the 0900 Santa Fe that has a 2.7 that has a timing issue. Bottom line is diag.net. We've partnered with them. If you click on the resources site, you get a lot of those issues that are that are common, uh, all professional. It's not like you're searching Google. Could it be maybe fake? So drivability on the diagnostic network, diag uh, network, that's on the resource tab. And then lastly, we're able to, I'm pretty proud of this, Greg, we're able to muster up some Wrench Nation benefits. Wow. Which has all to do with healthcare, uh, pet insurance, rental insurance. Uh, we're working with the Beer Group, and it's a, basically a simplified approach to protect your health, home, and family. Wow. Uh, so if you're a small business, not just an automotive service center, you can check out because insurance is spendy. Click on that link. They'll take you right through it. And there's no pressure. So check that out. Uh, a very simple way to uh, get your insurance on. In yeah. studio, we're going back, Greg. We're going back into history. Hey, I can't wait. We have Luis Moran. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Taking you back. He funk. If you got a little writer, you know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> Good we had to, you can't knock that music. It's you awesome. Can't, you can't knock the P-Funk. So nostalgic. Ray, raise up P-Funk. Louise ain't going to knock. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if you got a little go-kart. <laughs> or a hootie. Oh, yeah. Oh, P-Funk, man. That's bringing memories back. Bree, oh, my gosh. Louise Miranda, give me a hand bump, brother. Thanks for joining up. Miranda's Customs. Man, you're knee-deep in lowrider custom Builds and culture, man. You go way back. Tell the people where your place is at. First things first. Uh, Miranda's Customs, located right on the corner of Central Avenue and Grant, right uh, south of downtown Phoenix. And so you left the shop to come into this like little clean stereo situation with the radio <laughs> Thanks situation. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. No, no, no. We appreciate you because oh, I'm going to ask you, what were you working on before you actually, I mean... Uh, it's, it's endless, man. It's endless. Uh, there's so many, I got probably 45 projects in the shop right now. So, uh, I do a little bit of everything all day long. I'm just trying to, trying to put out fires and, and get, uh, things accomplished, uh, projects done, uh, completed. So let me ask you, Luis, uh, put out fires today, chasing parts. Is that like people like, man, it's not finished. I wanted it finished. Are you chasing parts more than maybe you were pre COVID? Let's say. Is parts uh, hard to find, or is you, that you know even that's an issue? something that's been real common in my business. Chasing parts is is uh, 
It's hand in hand. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I got a good example of, of today, uh, asking about today. There's a 62 Impala I'm putting together, and the gentleman brought all his parts down to, to assemble this vehicle and doesn't have the speed nuts to put on the taillight buckets. And so you would think that's a really easy thing to to get handled, you know, and it's not. Uh, speed nuts are very hard to come by now. Uh, sometimes I got to hit 10 different places before I find what I need. And so there goes, uh, you know, four hours out of my day. And how do I charge for that? Yeah, well, that's hard. the thing. Yeah. Supply chain affects everybody. Well, I think a, a lot of service advisors, I use the formality of automotive service and repair, but certainly in, in any performance side of the industry, like the consumer doesn't get that. Like, Mm-mm. you know, part, they'll, you know, we can charge for the part, but sourcing the part, you four hours deep. Did you find it? I did not. <laughs> so you're at it again tomorrow. I did not. Yeah. So no, what I what I got to do now is I got to tell the owner, hey man, you you want me to put this car together? You got to find the parts. Jump in and help us. Yeah, yeah. You got. Yeah, which is common. I, I'm sure he understands. It is what it is. Yeah, and that's difficult too because uh, you know they don't know what they're looking for, and so if I don't have a a sample piece to give them so they know exactly what they're looking for. Um, it's going to be pretty much near impossible for them to find it. All right, lowrider parts. Let's talk about that. And, and this may be a non-question, but what part of the country, if that's even a question where, okay, if I if I call this area, they should be spot on. I should be able to get these parts. Is can I even? Is it L.A.? Is it like, uh, if I could ask that, or is it not? Yeah, even? that's not happening anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one time, L.A. had pretty much everything we needed as far as wheels, hydraulics, cylinders, uh, pumps, all that stuff. You know but it's pretty difficult to get even out there now. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but uh, China has uh, the lockdown on all the wheels, uh, the, the dish itself. And so yeah. if they don't send us dishes, we ain't going to get any wheels. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And they just had, they just, they just opened up. Like, it's their version of a new, new Chinese New Year because they opened up Beijing, Shanghai because they were locked down for COVID. Mm-hmm. So that, that I'm sure was a, was wow. a, we got a text message. What's a dish for those that may not know? The dish is, is what's going to be the outside of the wheel where the spokes get connected to. It's the part that the tire actually grabs onto. And that's hard. That's China-only kind of thing. China-only kind of thing. I don't know why that is. You know, I, Chinese I know got our chips. It. They got our dishes. They got... Yeah. Greg, what's going on? Oh, man. The... You can't have a little rider without wheels. That's a problem. So parts is challenge. Your customer base, they know you. They trust you. Let's go back in time. You started with your dad way back when... How did that all kind of start for you? I mean, were you highly interested or was it expected that you were going to just be in the car business? Uh, I, I come from a family. Those are uh, five of us boys in the family. And uh, out of the five boys, I was the one that was uh, on my hands and knees uh, next to the toolbox um, under the car with my dad, you know. And so he'd, he'd stick his hand out from underneath the car and say, give me a 716th, you know. And I'd say, okay, is that a big one or a little one? You know, cause <laughs> That's how you start. I, yeah, 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 I don't know nothing, you know. And so he says, it's a little one. So I start going through the box, and I know what a 7 looks like and a 16 looks like until I find it, you know, and I grab it and stick it in his hand, and he goes back to, to working and sticks his hand back out again and give me a, a three-quarter. Is that a big one or a little one? It's a big one. <laughs> and so I started learning tools that way, you know. And that's That was before of, metric. Then it messed everything yeah, up. Right? Uh, yeah. me- metric? What's metric? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I work on old cars, man. There you go. Oh, that's true. I think we're standard. Yeah, met- metric uh, don't really apply in my shop. I was going to say, throw those things out. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't get metric. I don't know. So dad had you going and it, it was almost natural for you. I mean, you, it's not like you didn't want to be there. You said you had four other siblings. Were they involved? No, they were, they were involved in, in, in getting cars and driving them weren't involved in working on them. And so, so I, I was the one that, that, uh, uh, decided to build and, and work on stuff and, and help them with, with putting things together and fixing things. You know, uh, one of my first uh, achievements was, was putting a, a, the converter into a transmission. Um, a brother of mine worked on that for days and days and couldn't get it in. And I, I walked up to it, and I spun that thing around, and it slipped right in. That, you, you popped it right <laughs> in. Yeah, popped uh, it right in. For those that don't know, like the torque converter, you can't just – that has to seat properly. I mean, and then there, there's a certain feeling – and even sound like it, yeah, exactly. it pops in. Exactly. And to me, I could see you as a youngster saying, dang, I got it. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I, I mean, because no one else it. could do it. Yeah, I popped that thing. And so, so uh, it just it sound just like that. 
and I, I must have been probably 12 years old at the time, you know, and, and so that my brother said at that time, he said, Luis, you, you just gotta, you just gotta stay with this, man. You got a gift, man. How did you do that? You know, I've been working on this for days. You just come in and, you know, two minutes later, it's, it's, it's in place. And so that, that was kind of a sign to me at that time to, you know, this was something I was going to be able to, to accomplish, you know, is, is work on. We got a lot of youngsters that listen to the show. So back then you had the great support of dad, you, you know, the environment, not only were you grew into a position where you were driving it, but man, you're working on it. And, and there's some power behind that, making mistakes and all that. Um, some of these youngsters are not sure about what they like, and maybe they time out too quick. What advice would you have for them? You know, if they if, if they're getting started and maybe it's a little messy and they're like, oh, I'm hurt. You know, it, it's uncomfortable. How did you manage a bad day when you were young with, with dad? Uh, you know, that's difficult to give uh, the young people advice on that because uh, it's just perseverance, man. You know, you look at my hands nowadays, you know, my, my hands are so beat up, man. And, and most young guys ain't going to want that, you know. And so you, you have to let some things be themselves, you know, and, and, and let it go. And, and if you want to really do something, you got to give up some things. And so that perseverance takes in, in and, and you say, okay, this is what I want to do. And I really like this. And yeah, I'm going to have to, uh, sacrifice the beauty of my hands for this. Cause they're going to get beat up, but Hey, that's what, what's going to happen. And, and I'm going to have to sacrifice my Saturdays to, to work on vehicles. And I'm going to have to, uh, sacrifice my early mornings. Cause I want to get up early before it gets hot and all this. And, and so it's perseverance. And so a lot of our young people now don't, don't have that and they need to find that. Uh, and in finding that you're going to be able to stick with whatever you want to do. As well said, sure. Greg Ovis, uh, if you're just joining us, uh, Luis Miranda, one of Miranda's custom cars right here at central Phoenix. Uh, Greg, sometimes in life we, we just do what we got to do. We hash it out. We get a couple jobs, right? We're aiming to get something, but am I to understand right now, for your first hoopty project, you actually, you uh, you did a couple jobs, little side gigs to make some money, but you were grave digging with with you were grave digging like literally. <laughs> literally. That was a job. You took the grave digging job. Tell us about the grave digger, man. Well, well, you know, my dad used to do that for a living. He worked for a cemetery, you know, and and uh, uh, just like I was uh, the brother that that hung out by the toolbox to hand him his tools, you know. Um, when he had to dig a grave, uh, whether it be after hours, a uh, Saturday morning and something like that, when no, nobody else wanted to do it, uh, I, I would step right in and, and help my dad. There was no way I was going to help leave my dad dig that hole by himself, you know? And so we, we dug holes at nighttime, you know, on Saturdays and, and whenever they were needed, you know, cause of course people die at strange times. Sometimes, you know? <laughs> it is what it is. They, they but you know, it speaks, to, it, you know? it speaks to like, there's two things that I'm hearing, which is just amazing is your relationship with your dad. I'll never let my dad, not so much down the wrong way, because I think that can go, like you can set yourself up, but, but you and your dad were like partners. Well, and, yeah. and you did what you had to do. That's that's right. Yeah, I was never going to leave leave my dad uh, uh, by himself. or, or You think our culture, help. you think our culture has a tendency, like with our kids as parents, where we they get a certain age and it's like, okay, get out of the house. You think our culture is really jacked that way right now? Uh, for sure. A lot of people are that way. Um, you know, the other thing the, that does damage, I think, to our kids, and I see this all the time with everyone that I talk to, is everybody says, oh, I don't want them to go through what I had to go through. And to me, that's completely opposite. If you're a good person, what you went through made you that good person. And if you take those experiences away from your kid because you don't want them to go through problems, well, now you're taking all their education right away from them to become the good person that you became. That's heavy so how, duty. 100% true. I hope 100%. you heard that. A lot of us, sometimes we just got to remind ourselves, like we yeah. weren't born to parent perfect. It doesn't happen. But man, you're, I, I believe in that. Yeah, I, I, a perfect example with my boys. You know, I, I got three boys of my own. Shoot, at seven years old, they're outside with the weed eater and the, you know, mowing the grass and picking up trash and even outside the shop, right? I take them to the shop with me at six, seven years old and they're outside, outside the shop, cutting the grass, picking up trash and, and there's people passing by and customers showing up and they're like, Luis, those are your boys out there? Right? Yeah, they're my <laughs> yeah. boys. What, what do you, what do you think they're going to do? Sit in front of the TV all summer, you know? Yeah, you let's go back. Uh, I want to talk about a particular iconic lowrider. In fact, it was the first lowrider of the year 
And that's the Brandy Madness. Yeah, Brandy Madness. That was like 1988. I was going to ask you on the year. I, I uh, So late 80s, Yeah, you had a lot to do with that project. I did. Yeah, it was a, a really nice gentleman, uh, Mando Estrada from Click East L.A., uh, very, very prestigious car club at the time. You know, they were they were just really doing it. They were top club at, at that time. Brandy Manis came out in 88, uh, became uh, very first lowrider of the year. And right after that, uh, Lethal Weapon, which was a 77 Monte Carlo by the same club, you know, they, they brought it. So they were they were just on top of the world at that time. And so that Brandy Madness, you know, I, I did a, a lot of work on the interior on, on that car. You know, I was 19 years old, uh, just barely started working on cars professionally. And so that was like the first really, really wow. major car that I worked on. And it, it, it was one of the top cars. You ever feel nervous or it's just like natural for you? It's like. Uh, I, I said, let me have it. Let's do it. <laughs> Ner- nervous. What, what does that mean? I, well, so I, didn't, I, didn't I asked that because some people, it, it's one thing to quietly, like you are doing day in and day out. Like every project you have in the end, that's your mechanical art. That's your solid, that's your reputation. You want it right. But then the big show comes. And some people yeah. may nerve out. But you talk to a guy like Dave Kendig, you get to a point where, no, 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 bring it to me. And there is no nerves. This is what I do. And that's your feeling. Well, well you got to have complete confidence in yourself. Uh, uh, hanging on to humility, of course, because you can't be overconfident. And I, I've been able to, to uh, do a pretty good job at that and stay humble and yet do the best that I can uh, so with, with a lot of confidence. And so that, that's the way I attacked that project with Brandy Madness. I w- had a lot of confidence. I was very, very young, really no experience, but I, I had complete confidence in my talent and my God-given talent, and, and so I knew that I was going to be able to knock that out of the park, and I did. Wow. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the, it, it's amazing, and we're going to talk about the mechanics of basics to the lowrider for those that have interest or don't know they see the lowrider and hopefully we see more of it we're going to talk about that how society has maybe shunned the car shows or the central cruises well let's just talk about it right now grand avenue here in phoenix and i'm sure you listening right now you have your cities where not only they trimming up these car shows whether it's a cruise in whatever have you but it seems like the lowrider side of culture it seems like people are shunning that way grand avenue right here downtown roosevelt they seem to be popping again because central our main central they got rid of that years ago like it was an act of god to get a car show and we can we can blame whatever but the people said no the municipality said no grand avenue had the lowrider cruise in just within the last few years and it seemed to be going somewhere because Grand Avenue, Roosevelt, that's our arts district. That's where, you know, are you familiar with that? And 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 then, Luis, I got to ask you, do you feel like it's shunned? Like the public is like, oh, those are lowriders. Um, I'm going to have a completely different take on that from, I think, everyone else. I don't like to blame anyone else for our problems. And if we're being shunned, if we're being shut out, we have to look at ourselves and see why that's happening. And I do that myself. And so I realize that it's our fault that we lose our cruising spots. It's our fault if people are kicking out of places. Because if we're leaving all our trash and we're doing things that are dangerous and putting people in danger, then that's our fault that is being taken away. So if we're going to be cool and we're going to clean up our trash and we're going to do things that are normal and, and not illegal, uh, do things that are, are, are in a safe way, then who's going to want to take that away from us? You no see one. car clubs right now, car clubs, are they, are they taking more of the edge of responsibility saying, you know, we, we don't want to do the past. We want to be able to highlight, bring familia together. Cause that's what it's about too, right? Celebrate yes. our car clubs right now. Are they, are they taking on that responsibility? You um, I, I think some of them are, but uh, again, I think there's a lot that want to point the finger somewhere else. And we can't do that. If we want to maintain uh, respect um, and re- maintain our, our places where we can have fun, then we need to bring that respect in ourselves. Uh, we can't look at other people to respect us if we're not uh, behaving in a respectable manner. So, so we, need a, we need to take care of our own home, and if we do that, then nothing's going to be taken away. 
If you're just joining us, uh, we got Phoenix native Luis Miranda, uh, Miranda Custom Cars. How long has the shop been around, Luis? Uh, th- I think this is my 34th year in business. Man. No Who's joke. Counting? No joke. First five years of business, hard? You, you know, and I, I, uh, a friend of mine, I was a kid, you know, uh, going to open up, and a friend of mine uh, helped me do the paperwork, man, because I was so uneducated. I couldn't even do the paperwork to get my business license. He uh, helped me do the paperwork, and he said, Luis, I'm going to tell you something, man. I'm going to tell you this not to discourage you, man, because I, I, I really want you to succeed, he said. But in America, this was back in the 80s, right? He says, there's 25,000 new businesses open up a year, okay? So what are you telling me? He says, out of those 25,000 new businesses in five years, there's only five left. Wow. I said, that's okay. I'm going to be one in five. <laughs> I said, you, you, ain't, you ain't scaring me, man. That, that's just me. But see, you said, you said three things. You said confidence, humility, and drop the cockiness. Do you find a lot of great talent start off? Let's, just, let's talk about some great builders in the, in the lowrider scene, and they wipe themselves out because they got cocky. Um, they, cocky meaning you can wait as long as I take. Uh, it's going to cost you as much as I say, not working with people and, and their ideas. Well, what's kept me in business is that I've understood that, that I am nobody without my customer. I can only stay in business if I take care of my customer. And so I have to make it reasonable for them to be able to pay me to do their vehicle. And I have to make it a nice experience for them to be able to stay with me and, and have confidence in me and continue to do business with me. And that's what's made me succeed is, is that I, I don't think about myself and my business. I'm thinking about my customer and taking care of them. Whether I make money, don't make money, it doesn't matter to me. My responsibility is to take care of my customer. That's powerful. I don't yeah. know many. You don't like, hear that nowadays. No, you don't. Um, you, you really don't. So whether you're talking about somebody that comes to you, they're primered out, maybe, maybe they got that chain steering. It's not that show ready, but it's show ready for them because they love their ride and they come in and they want to do some suspension work. You're all over that. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, you know, I, I help out all kinds of different people. You know, some people think that I only do complete frame-off builds. Uh, that, that's a myth, man. I, I, I'll do that. The guy comes in with the chain steering wheel and primer and, and maybe some Kragers, you know, and, and some bold tires. And he says, hey, man, I, I, I saved up my money and I want you to do an airbag setup or a hydro setup or something like that. I'll help him out. It's not about who it is or, or, or what they got or what they can offer me. It's just about helping people out. Yep. You, lo- you love what you do, man. I, I love it. Don't want to stop. That's like deep. Greg, you can't. Like yeah. some people are faking it. They have no choice. No. When you love what you do, I mean. Yeah, and I've known Luis, what, a dozen years now? I'm proud to call him a friend, and uh, I can vouch for it. I mean, he takes care of his customers and stays humble and puts out great work. Richard Ochoa, a legend with the Little Rider circuit, uh, brings a lifetime, in fact, uh, a lifetime of just all things Little Rider. Uh, he's a contributor uh, to all things Little Rider in the industry. Many of you know the name. Of course, he's Hall of Fame, Arizona's godfather of low riding. Welcome to the show, Richard. Hey, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, yeah. Yeah, glad to have you here, Richard. I want to tell the people real quick, Richard. Uh, shout out to the website, motorsportsshowcase.com, motorsportsshowcase.com. Um, there's a ton of information there. Uh, Richard, that's your website. We want to send yeah. folks over there so they understand that. Um, do you find that people, what area could they be challenged in? I mean, what's the commonality that I show up, I've got to build, I thought I met all the criteria, but I was missing one or two things. What's the common missing for these sanctioned events for a lowrider build that you can just air out to people that may want to improve upon? Well, you know what? I'm, with, with the show business, uh, producing car shows, you, you've, we've been to many, many shows across the, across the country. Uh, but people like to see these vehicles. These are, you know, these are especially um, American metal is, is just so unique of an art um, that back in the day, you know, when your father bought a 57 Chevy, he bought something that he was buying off the lot, and it was getting him from point A to point B. These days, uh, just the curves of and the streamlining of a 57, um, you don't see that anymore. And, uh, you know, bringing that back, that nostalgic back uh, look, um, just adds to 
Um, to me, it's part of it's part of American history. You know, um, the expression, "Hey, you know, um, apple pie Chevrolet," and 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 that that's it. You know, it's, so, it's Americana for sure. There you go. Yeah, and and uh, the one thing that's pretty cool about the lowrider sport is primarily it's all almost always American-made vehicles. Uh, but we're not only doing have an impact here in the U.S. You know, there there are, there are lowrider car clubs and car shows in other countries. There's there's events in Europe, uh, and more importantly, uh, you know, we've had, we've we've seen events in in France, in Japan, in Germany. Uh, Switzerland, Australia, um, of course, you, you can't forget Mexico. I was going to say, uh, we got to talk about that because Chicano, Chicana, give us uh, the history, man. Go take us back in time. What was, what was the connection there? Some would say, man, this is so significant to the culture, Chicano culture. How did that connection well, um, start? Like, I mean, talk to us about that. Well, you know, the history of the lowrider is, is, is a little complex, uh, Kind of like almost the history of hot rodding, and I'll tell you the, the the difference here is, you know, you can trace hot rodding back to the 1920s, and and the reason that hot rodding came to be that a lot of people might not be hip on or understanding is, and I'm hearing this from the old school guys, right? These are the hot rod guys that have talked to me about this, and you know, they tell me, hey man, sometimes you gotta, you know, the way hot rodding came to be was back in the 20s during prohibition, um, you know, you can you can't go go to the to the liquor store and buy buy some beer. Uh, you know, you had to purchase it through other means. And um, these guys were doing moonshining and, 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 and creating doing you know, selling their, their product and they would usually sell out of their car. Um, well, you know, the law enforcement people had to had to caught 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 on to that really quick. So what did these guys do? They had to build faster cars than, than the police cars were. So they just started souping up their cars, making them quicker, faster, so they can get from point A to point B and drop off their product and get back home. And those are the real, you know, some some history about the hot riding that I'm that I hear about. On the lowrider side, lowrider took a little bit of time. Um, lowriders could be traced back to the 1940s. Uh, in the 40s, uh, there were I don't know if you've heard uh, the name Pachuco. You know, have you guys ever heard of uh, uh, what Pachucos are? Those are those guys that used to around, dress around with the, with the zoot suits, you know. Yeah, and, oh yeah, we know about the zoot suits. I, I've never, I'm not, you're, and I appreciate it. I've never heard of that that term. Say it again. It's pachuco. Pachuco, the a style. Pachuco I mean, kind yeah. of is, was a, it was kind of like a, you know, a Chicano gangster that uh, that had a, a really nice back in the forties was a nice ride. These guys typically started up from you know they got out of the war, they came into the states. Um, everybody needed a job. Some folks didn't have, couldn't find a job. So they started getting, um, they started just getting creative with what they were doing and creating. Some started auto shops. Um, a lot of the folks that got out of the army and the, and the service, you know, they, they took the train that they got in the service and, um, and took it home with them. So a lot of them came back to be mechanics, uh, body and paint shops and things of that nature. So they, they started working on their own vehicles. And when they started working on their own vehicles, they created their own style of, of workmanship and craftsmanship on the on the vehicles themselves. Um, well, that's a whole really movement of low and slow. And actually, I mean, almost opposite. Yeah. To chime and, in. And, and 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 I'll give you a little bit of the history on the pachuco side. Is the the word pachuco came from a slang word? Um, it der- derived from a, of a small town in Texas called El Paso, Texas. Now, for any of you listening in right now that are from El Paso. You know, when I say you're from Chuco, Chuco is a slang word for El Paso, Texas, and they call it Chuco. Thus, the word, the first guys that started fixing up these cars uh, were from El Paso. They, they came up with the word Pachuco, and that's kind of the little thing on, on, the, on the wording for Pachuco. Now, the Pachuco at transitioned, and as he went from El Paso, Texas, and, and kind of cruised from uh, back, west, back westward, um, he ended up, of course, we all know they ended up in, in L.A. and then up to San Jose. Uh, but during that whole journey, uh, he brought the style of cars like that with him. Yeah, and I know, and it's, just real quick, Richard, I want to interject. I know that it, that was a big deal for, like, manufacturers, the government. They were kind of skewed on it. They were So in, the in I believe it was the mid to late 50s, they actually made 
California Vehicle Code said, hey, you can't mm-hmm. modify. It's illegal to operate any, any, any car that's modified. Yeah, it was illegal to have the frame below the center point of the wheel. Yeah, and you're right. The gentleman right. coming back from the war, that's where they introduced aircraft hydraulics. Because aircraft hydraulics was the very first hydraulics put on cars, not, not the ones you see today. So that's where it all started, was the gentleman coming back from aircraft in the war. So see, that, was, uh, that was the deal. But, so here we are. We're in L.A. I want to I I slow and low. I want to low and slow. I want to take it to a different level. I want to create me. Was that a big, I mean, that's how they overcome this, this sort of California vehicle code was the introduction of hydraulics, maybe? I don't <laughs> that's, know. That's that's one of the reasons. Now, we, of course, started lowering our vehicles way before hydraulics were, were um, a yeah. reality. I remember and, my... Um, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, see, I remember my uncle putting blocks and sandbags in the back of his car. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little yeah, cheap. unfortunately, you know what? Weight was the easy way to do it. Now, of course, you know, you wanted to work on it, right? You'd get in down there and you, you cut your springs or cut your leaps and, and do it that way, and that's the way it was done a lot. And it gave the car a longer, lower look. Uh, it gave the car a look that, that just made the car look, have that feel of a cruiser, you know, and, um, and that's why that was the short fix at that time. Later on, of course, uh, the first gentleman that actually put hydraulics on a vehicle, uh, it wasn't, I believe it was in the, in the late 50s that that happened. But, um, you know, uh, really low riding and hydraulics really didn't take off till about the 70s. Um, and then you started seeing, some uh, private manufacturers popping up and actually creating and building uh, automotive hydraulic parts. Before that, you're right, we're using auto, um, aircraft equipment. You know, I had some aircraft cylinders that, that uh, raised and lowered my 64 Impala when I first put the hydraulics in it. You know, and then I had a, a pump that was either a tailgate pump off of a tailgate truck or it was off of a um, aircraft uh, military or, or, or civilian aircraft called a PESCO pump. And that was uh, what got the cylinders filled up with hydraulic fluid so the car could go up and down. The early days of hydraulics right here. If you're just joining us, we got Richard Ochoa. I want you guys to get on a motorsportshowcase.com. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get into more of the lowrider movement as it traveled through the whole country and, of course, globally. I want you guys to stay tuned. Ranch Nation. Vision collision. God forbid you get into an accident or you get a little bumper, fender, bender, slight, or even if you've got that shopping cart that ends up scratching the side of your newer ride. My friends at Vision Collision, they're certified. They deal with insurance companies, but also what I really like is they were able to deal with my situation. I didn't want to exercise my insurance. And I paid out of pocket, and they gave me a very fair price with quality work. So for any complete auto body paint and repair, you want that small business, the heart of business that treats you one-on-one. Vision Collision, 480-248-9049, visioncollision.com. When you're thinking about body shop or collision work, paint repair, dent repairs, collision, wheel restoration, Vision Collision is the way to go. Tell them Frank at Wrench Nation sent you, 480-248-9049, 480-248-9049, Vision Collision. 52% of the population family are women. We love you ladies, but less than 3% of you women are professional technicians. Our charity partner, Tech Force Foundation, believes if we want to solve this little technician shortage, we need to start talking that 52% of these ladies out in the population Head on over. If you feel like you can tinker with the best of them, head on over to techforce.org. Now, I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited about this. We have a benefits portion of our website, wrenchnation.tv, where we've got benefits for the Wrench Nation community, which is really protection for you, your family, your team. Your culture is important. Your team environment is important. So we're going to make it real easy for you to shop for health care, life insurance, device insurance, even pet insurance. I'm excited to share with you the benefits for the Wrench Nation community. Get on a wrenchnation.tv. We've made it real easy and simple. Your small business team deserve no less. Get on a wrenchnation.tv, check out the benefits page, and check out health insurance, life insurance, car rental, condo and home insurance. You name it, we've got your benefits covered. 
GetRichBenefits.com or WrenchNation.tv. This is what it's about. Hashtag fake news if you think car culture is going away. Uh, it is absolutely not. Before we bring Richard in, I do have a shout out, Matt Johnson. He is the chief operator officer of Pet Boys, listens to this show. You rock for holding down the team, taking care of people every day in every way. Matt Johnson of Pet Boys, thanks for hanging with the show. Of course, Richard Achor, let's bring Mr. Richard back. Welcome back, partner. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I can imagine that, you know, the improvisation in the 50s and 60s was kind of like, okay, how are we going to make this work? You know, let's throw some bricks. And then all of a sudden, we get the PESCO pumps and valves to change ride height through the flick of a switch. How important is that to someone building out a low rider, the flick of a switch? That's right. And, and you know what? It, it made uh, a big convenience for me, especially... Back in my early days, uh, here in Arizona, there's a law that requires your license plate to be 12 inches or above the ground, the pavement. And, um, you know, of course, being low and slow, I'm in my 64 Chevy at first. Before I had an hydraulics, uh, that was a challenge for me. And, I, you know, I had a glove box full of tickets at one time uh, for being too low. Um, and and uh, the one thing that remedied that was, of course, installing my hydraulic system. And uh, so uh, a few times I'd be cruising the park on a Sunday afternoon. And I'd be low and slow cruising and listening to my favorite music. And then uh, maybe I'd see some lights behind me click on. And so I'd pull over and explain to the officer, I'm sorry, and uh, blew it too low and hit my switch and put it up to to stock. <laughs> I love and it. at first, he was blown away at first saying, well, how did you do that? So I showed him what I did and what what I had in my trunk. And, and uh, he was pretty, pretty, um, he had a great positive attitude about it. He laughed and said, okay, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. <laughs> so I have to ask: you know, was it was it one pump, two pump, four battery, two battery? What oh, you have no, back, back then? then? Back then, I just had the one pump for the front, one pump for the back. Gotcha. And um, and that kept that kept me going up and down. Richard, an honor to have you on. Thank you so much Perfect. for hanging. Well, thank you very much. You guys have a great day. Okay. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Richard. Okay. I mean, that's what it's about. It's just positive, and I I, I do think I do think there's a certain extent of, you know, oh, that's that club. No, man, it's not like that. And he touched on about how clubs always are donating things for the community and doing community and we events. Need, we need more and, of that. And I know almost every club does something through the year, so yeah. it's definitely a great thing. Check it out, lowrideraxperience.com. We'd love to see you out in Scottsdale. What's the date again? October 2nd. We'll be out there, family. And as I tell you every week, man, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic.